0: Hi guys, this is uh, Vidisha Nithani here and I'm a verbal trainer working for the Aussies group. Uh, Today I'm going to take a seminar on the writing task 1 especially for the GTM. Last week we had covered the writing module overall rubrics. so today we're going to do the general training module writing task 1. Also in the next next session I'm going to take up writing task 1 for the academic module and uh, in case you have, I'll take you through a presentation, I'll take you through PPT, I'll take you through sample answer and everything. In case you have a query in the end, please uh, con- uh, please write it in the question answer box. Last 10 minutes, I'll be addressing your queries. Right, moving on to the writing task one general module. Okay, the writing task one in the general module, as you all know, is a letter writing task. Uh, it's actually covers, it has 20 minutes and three bands and you have a minimum 150 word requirement for it. Okay, there are three types of letters, formal letter, semi-formal letter, and the informal letter. Uh, The structure of all these letters is going to be the same. However, uh, the way you actually write them, the greetings, the vocab that you use, the tone of the letter is slightly different. I'll explain each type in detail how you open the letter, how you close the letter, how you go about it. Okay, now basically, what are formal letters? We all know that the formal letters are actually letters which are written uh, for work purposes, right? The name itself suggested that they are for professional purposes. Now, see, they're written for a few things. The first thing that a formal letter is written for is to request information. The second thing is when you actually apply for some particular job. Or you know when you're complaining about a product or a service, or when you're giving or suggestions and you're giving recommendations. At that point, you actually use it. Okay. So what is a semi-formal letter? Semi-formal letter is something which is between a formal and an informal letter. You're writing for something which uh, for somebody who's not a friend, who's not a relative. Uh, you're actually making a suggestion or a recommendation. You're also complaining to a landlord, to a neighbor, or you know, to the uh, to your immediate neighbors or something. Uh, a very clear example of a semi-formal letter is, let's say, you write a letter to your boss, but you're actually inviting him to a birthday party. So even that is an example of a semi-formal letter. Moving on, we go to informal letters. We've all written a lot of informal letters these days. So it's either to invite a friend or either to invite a relative. You thank, you apologize, you ask for advice. So that is why you write informal letters. In RTS, it's very important to understand what type of letter it is. When you read the question, the first thing that you should click is what type of letter it is. Uh, the structure of the letters is more or less the same. However, there are few changes which you need to make with each letter. Like for example, the tone of the formal letter has to be extreme formal. Has to a lot of brevity has to be maintained there. Uh, for semi-formal too that applies. However, in, in formal letters, the tone is slightly lighter than the formal letters. Okay, uh, we just take how do you actually open and close a letter? When it comes to the letter writing, uh, it's very important to understand how you open and close particular letters. So we'll just see what it what happens in case of a formal letter. Again, formal letter is something that you're writing for work purposes for when you're professional, right? So you write, how do you open a formal letter? You actually open a formal letter with Dear Sir or Madam And how do you close a formal letter? You close it with uh, Yours Faithfully A Semi-formal letter You actually address it with the surname is better, like for example, you write into your neighbour So you don't have 1st name relationships with your neighbour or landlord So you actually address them as Dear Mrs. Brown or Dear Miss Stone And you end it with Yours Sincerely um, Informal letter is uh, you actually have first name, uh, first name basis because it's your friend or your relative, and you just end it with regards or warm wishes, and that's how you end it. Um, the more uh, systematic your opening and closing is, the more better likely chances of you getting good marks are. So please be very very careful with it. Okay, uh, I'll explain you the basic layout, the basic format of the letter. Uh, when it comes to a letter, be it a formal letter, be it an informal letter, or be it a semi-formal letter, all the, the basic layout, the basic structure is going to remain the same. And uh, a proper structure is very much important so that your essay looks for the, sorry, your letter looks very sorted, your letter looks very organized, it is exactly the way it is. Okay, the first thing that you have is your greeting. The second thing that you have is the purpose of the letter. The third thing that you have is the ex- uh, the request, of ending, signing off, and name. I'll explain you the basic layout with the help of a format, with the help of a uh, sample letter. So let's go ahead. Okay, here I have my sample letter with you. Uh, We've received a letter from the bank asking to acknowledge the receipt of the new bank card. However, the card was missing from the envelope. We're supposed to write the letter to the bank's head office. In your letter, you have to explain why writing is supposed to explain the concern about the missing card and ask them what they intend to do you're supposed to write at least 150 words and we do not need to write any addresses okay now firstly let's understand what type of letter this is you're writing to the bank obviously because you've lost a card the card is missing so technically this is a formal letter and what is the purpose you're writing the the main purpose of the writing is because that you've missed out your card is missing and you're supposed to request you have to explain your concern and you have to request them for whatever action you want to take okay now we studied the basic structure of the ca- uh, structure of the letter let's go back to it so again let's refer this the first thing is the greeting the second thing is the purpose the third thing is the explanation then we move on to the request then it's the ending portion signing portion and then we give the name to it okay uh Let's see a sample letter now. The first thing that you do when you write a letter is you have the greeting. So here the greeting is dear sir or madam. Because this is a formal letter, it will start with dear sir or madam. Now see, the first thing when you write a letter, when the first thing you start writing has to be the purpose of a letter. Why exactly are you writing this letter? Now, uh, imagine like I'm the bank manager, I have millions of letters each day coming over to me. If I do not understand what is the purpose of the letter, I'm not going to take effort to read it, right? Even in terms of emails, when we email people, the first thing that we see is, why are we writing this particular letter? The subject of the letter is mentioned. Now, we don't have a separate line for subject here, so we have to include it in the first paragraph. And that definitely has to be the first thing. So here, if you go to see, we're writing this letter because the credit card is missing, the debit card is missing. So the first line itself says, I am writing in connection with a missing or stolen debit card from your bank this is an urgent matter as a bank card could prove dangerous in the hands of the wrong person so again the first thing my greetings are done in an in in a proper formal way that says dear sir or madam the first paragraph explains my purpose of the letter i'm actually writing this letter because my debit card is missing or stolen now the second bullet point asks explain why are you writing this letter Express express the concern about your missing card. So the second paragraph would involve that, why are we concerned about the missing card? Obviously it's a missing card, so we're going to be concerned about, uh, because it, it could prove dangerous in the hands of somebody else. So let's read the second paragraph. Just yesterday, I received a letter from your bank's head office. It stated that my new bank card was enclosed to me and asked me to acknowledge the receipt However, when the envelope arrived in my mailbox, it was in a tattered state. More importantly, the debit card, which was supposed to be included, was missing. I checked and I rechecked around the mailbox but found nothing. I'm concerned that somebody has gone through my mail and possibly stolen the card. So here in this particular paragraph, in my second paragraph, I'm giving an explanation. According to the bullet point, I'm actually expressing the concern about the missing credit card. The third point the last paragraph always has to be the request or what action would you like to take in this case we're actually requesting the bank to take a particular action so this is going to be let's see the third bullet point ask them what they intend to do so for this reason I request that you cancel the existing debit card immediately the debit card in question is related to my account number six four seven 29401 at your pay and flow of branch after it has been cancelled please arrange to send me a new one as I need to travel overseas next week and will carry the new bank card with me so we have three main body paragraphs first stating the purpose second giving expressing concern giving an explanation the third requesting an action to be taken now this three body paragraphs are going to remain constant in any letter, the first always is going to be the purpose, the second always is going to be an explanation, the third always going to be a request for an action or any particular demand that you need. Okay, now, uh, then we actually sign off, we put a nice closure, so we have thank you in advance. This is again a formal letter, so you write yours faithfully and you write your own name. Uh, had this been a semi formal letter, it would have been yours sincerely. Had this been an informal letter, it would have been warm regards, regards, or best wishes, and then your name. Okay, please. Uh, a lot of students they actually have this habit. That they they get autographs, and they write X Y Z, and they do weird things. Don't do that. Please mention your own name. This is a proper letter that you're going to write. Uh, this particular structure. I've taken an example of a formal letter because these are the ones that most of the students have difficulties in so i've taken the structure of a formal letter ensure that whenever you go for any letters it's the structure is the same uh the more detailed your structure is the more detailed uh, the more synchronized your structure is is going to ensure more cohesion i will let you know what cohesion in is in the upcoming slides okay Uh, moving on to the next slide after you've done with the letter, you've understood the structure of the letter. It is very very important to understand how is your letter marked. As we know that the letter is marked out of three bands. You get three bands for writing a letter, so we want maximum marks in the writing module obviously you just score a seven eight nine. what are you supposed to do? what are you supposed to avoid? In my last webinar, I had taken in detail account of the writing task rubrics, how are you judged. For those who had attended it, this is going to be a quick revision for you. For those who have not, is going to be, please pay very close attention to the next slide because it is, we all know we end up writing good letters, but then when we do not know how we judge, judged, we don't know what criteria to fulfill. So the next slide is going to give you a lot of clarity about it, hopefully. Okay, uh, there are four band descriptors. The first one is task achievement. The second one is coherence and cohesiveness. The third one is lexical resource. And the fourth one is grammatical range and accuracy. Okay, moving on to the first uh, bit that is called task achievement. Basically, what is task achievement? Task achievement in simple words means just one thing you've achieved the task you've given. Here the task that is given to you is writing a letter. Be formal, be semi-formal, or be informal. So, okay to score good eight bands what do I need for task achievement firstly I need to ensure that all the requirements of the task are sufficiently covered now this means that simply I have understood the purpose of the letter I've simply understood why am I writing the letter and I have fulfilled all the bullet points I've taken all the bullet points into consideration this is exactly what my band eight score means also, it presents, it presents, highlights, illustrates the key features and bullet points clearly and appropriately. So you're, I had my three bullet points, one which said you're actually it's, uh, explaining the purpose. The second one was you're expressing your concern. The third bullet point was you wanted an action to be taken. So in this case, I've covered and explained all the bullet points properly. Check it out in paragraph one, two, and three. So this is my exact correct task response. Okay now when do you get a six when do you when do you land up only with a six there are a lot of students who actually come up to me and like we've given the and they stuck up at six we don't know how to go further it's not going from six to seven seven to eight. Uh, so what are the common errors? why don't you get it? so you, you're stuck up in a six when you don't understand the rubrics that is for sure. So if you understand the rubrics, if you understand how, you you know judged how you're assessed then there is absolutely no chance that you're stuck up on a six because you're definitely going to improve on all these four. Okay, um, let's see for a six what we do. What uh, what are the common errors that we do? Uh, there may be inconsistencies in the tone. If you go to see the second point of the third point of the band six. Now, what do you mean inconsistencies in the tone? inconsistency in the tone is simply like for example if it's a formal letter the entire tone the all these sentences all the paragraphs have to be very very formal gravity has to be maintained there can be no slangs there can be no informal words uh, the tone is also very humble as such uh, inconsistency in the tone again means you're constantly shifting the way you write your sentences you con uh, the way you actually present your ideas you're constantly shifting your tone here uh, also details may be irrelevant inappropriate or inaccurate so now you're giving your bank account if you went, if you go to see we've mentioned the details of my account number and i've mentioned an appropriate detail of the branch i've also mentioned the detail that yesterday you received the letter so you don't need to mention any particular date this um, works for a formal letter so ensure that all the details are very accurate as it was in your sample. And that's how you're going to get more marks. Um, again, see, go for band seven, the third bullet point, for the general training, it presents a clear purpose. My first paragraph had a very extremely clear purpose. Okay. Now, uh, why am I stretching on purpose? It's, I, I think it's the 10th time I have spoken the word purpose in the entire presentation. Now, see, when I write the purpose of the letter, when I write. Oh, i'm actually telling the examiner that i have understood the question and i have understood what am i supposed to do with it it actually shows that okay your task response is very good you're able to get what the examiner is asked and you're going to answer exactly the same so that is why the purpose or the objective of the letter is extremely important the tone is consistent and appropriate so tone is consistent similar tone and appropriate again the same thing Formal tone for a formal letter, informal tone for an informal letter. Okay, clearly presents and highlights the bullet points, and could be fully extended. You extend and explain each of the bullet point. That's what we did. Okay, that is your task account achievement. Also ensure that you're fulfilling the minimum word limit criteria. That is 150 words. When you achieve your task in 150 words, you're supposed to actually resolve the purpose of the letter. Oh. Uh, make sure that your letter is not very long 150 words is a minimum word limit there is absolutely no upper band limit however make sure you just don't go on and on and on while reviewing it okay the second one is coherence and cohesion coherence and cohesion simply means your ideas is logically organized and cohesion simply means that you have your linkers in place they have cohesive devices in place uh in terms of academic also in terms of general okay let's see uh, the cohesion and coherence required for a band 8 first the band eight it sequences the information and ideas very logically that is the first thing is the purpose second you explain why you are concerned about the third thing again your paragraphing plays a very important role uh, when I when I was teaching you the structure, when I was teaching you how we're supposed to write the basic format as to be perfect, the only reason I was teaching you that was because I wanted you to maintain a very good coercion. a uh, coercion at the same time, it's I, I believe it's a very easy thing to do and a lot of students actually lack it. So one reason for students actually lacking it is because of not following the structure. Once you follow the structure, once you follow once you know the format, once you know the layout of it. I think coherence and cohesion is the most easiest to maintain there is absolutely nothing that could uh, go wrong with it. Okay. Um let's move on. How do you actually get in aid? Sequence is information and ideas logically manages all the exp- aspects of cohesion very well and uses paragraphing sufficiently and appropriately. Now when you sequence the information, obviously we have three bullet points. The first bullet point, the first, second, and the second, and third, and the third, that's exactly how it's done. I cannot tell the bank manager firstly what to do without expressing my concern for it, right? So that is exactly how you're supposed to do. You're managing uh, aspects of cohesion very well. Cohesion is your linkers, one idea after the another. There are no statements which are up and down. There is no mess. There is no haphazardness. Everything is synchronized perfectly to the T. That is exactly what coherence and cohesiveness is. Um, also, you have to make sure that when you're using linkers in case of a letter, uh, especially when you will use more link, uh, linkers when it comes to informal letters. That's what I've observed. So, in case you're observing linkers, whether two, three more ideas, make sure you're not overusing it. Make sure you're not underusing it. It's as important as required. Okay, now uh, where do we actually lack it? Uh, when we lack in cohesion, we get a six, obviously. So, uses ahead Let's read the second paragraph. Uh, let's see the second point. In fact, uh, uses cohesive devices effectively. But cohesion within or between the sentence may be faulty mechanical. Now your cohesion is your synchronization again, mechanical. Now uh, What does this term mean? We're all very tempted, you know, to find shortcuts to things. And we as trainers are also very tempted to give students templates and give students a fixed format. We make them mug up few words. Please do not do that. What happens is every word will change with the topic. Every word is going to change with the subject. Every word is going to change with the type of letter. If you're learning up anything mechanically, it's not going to work. And the examiners do figure out, you know, they actually understand where the mechanism stops and where your originality comes in. Also, uh, may not always use referencing clearly or appropriately, referencing in the sense minor details also you're giving reference to your three bullet points and you're explaining them well. And again there is sequence error that becomes an error of cohesion and cohesiveness so as I said most of the kids they're very good when it comes to cohesion and cohesiveness especially with the writing uh, letter writing portion with the essay it becomes slightly uh, difficult but with essay writing cohesion and cohesiveness is extremely simple Uh, with the letter writing it's extremely simple because it's the sequence is given technically the topic is given three bullet points are given and you're just kind of extending it Okay, uh, moving on to lexical resource now. Lexical resource simply means using the correct word at the correct place as a lexical resource. Also having a wide range of vocabulary is a lexical resource. Uh, Collocations add a lot to the lexical resource. Let me explain you what collocations are. Collocations are simply a group of two words. So if it's an adverb adjective, it's uh, it's an adverb verb, an adjective noun. So those are technically collocations. Uh, let's see what kind of lexical resources you need in lexical resource band eight. Okay, uses a wide range of vocabulary fluently and flexibly to, conv- uh, to convey the precise meaning. Uh, you use uncommon lexical resources. Um, there are very rare errors in spellings and word formation. Okay, uses. Uh, let's go for the band seven one. Uh, uses less common lexical errors with some awareness and style of collocation. Let's go back to the letter and see how a modern answer includes. What kind of vocabulary? A oh, Lot of students again come up to me and tell me that a lot of Big words or you can say fancy words or you know um, GRE level words are required for IELTS vocabulary. No, it's absolutely not correct You can demonstrate your wide range of vocabulary for example using collocations. You can use one word, let's say you have one word that you need to repeat two, three times. I've given this example uh, last time as well. So for example, this important, the so rather than important, you can go for by water, you can go for essential, you can go for crucial, however it fits. Also see, uh, most of these words are interchangeable, but there are some situations where you, ca- I cannot use crucial instead of important and important instead of crucial. So in case I just do that, that's a little wrong lexical resource now well, we'll just go back to the sample and check how the lexical resource was employed okay uh, you're again see writing in connection connection is a lexical resource uh, prove dangerous again uh, Collocation enclosed again acknowledge receive acknowledge received again uh, Lexical resource, if you understand, uh, this is how I'm demonstrating that I know different words. Tattered state is a nice lexical resource again. Then we have checked and rechecked, which again acts as very good vocab. Somebody concern, a concerned person is an appropriate uh, thing. In the next paragraph, we can also see if you. Words, for example, you travel overseas next week and you will need to carry it. So uh, these are the words which are we which we use in day to day life. If you go to see all these words which are mentioned here, there's absolutely no word which we do not know the meaning of or which we don't use in day to day life. Still, this participant has demonstrated excellent lexical resource. The reason this is because these are so many words which are uncommonly used. There are so many words which are used in the perfect way. There is not one word in this particular sample. There's not one word in this particular model which is used at an inappropriate place. And this is exactly what you should be doing. Um, Also, if you go to see that uh, many times this happens when we're writing a letter, Uh, words don't click in. We tend to use very simple words because that's what we use in day-to-day life. So one very good tip to improve your lexical resource, I feel, is when you read a lot of letters, when you read a lot of samples, you're definitely going to improve on all of this. Because, for example, I know that there are a few jargons, there are a few collocations that can be used everywhere most of the times, and uh, you can actually make use of it. Also, uh, I believe there is nothing better than using it in your day-to-day life. When you're practicing, when you're writing a letter, Consciously read each paragraph recheck each paragraph and check whether you've added a collocation Whether you've added a particular word whether you've added any particular adverb adjective which is slightly uncommon So that is what I really want you to do Okay Uh, Moving on to the next bit. We've covered three main elements of band descriptors The first is the task achievement. The second is cohesion and coherence The third is lexical resource coming on to the fourth one the grammatical range and accuracy. Now, see again, grammatical range and grammatical accuracy are two different things. Grammatical range simply means using a wide range of structures. Grammatical accuracy is avoiding the grammar errors. I'll repeat this for you again. Grammatical range is using a wide range of structures, wide range of sentences. Now, these sentences can be simple these sentences can be complex these sentences can be compound they can be they can be passive no interrogative sentences because you cannot question the bank manager here so please don't do that uh, also one thing when you're actually writing the sentences ensure that the tone of the letter remains the same else you will you know lose out on the task achievement bit so uh, a lot of students have this habit they tend to um Realize when you know going on extending the grammatical structure you actually tend to miss out on the tone you tend to miss out on a lot of things so I don't want you to do that. I really want you to make sure that all the grammar, you know, despite you using grammar, none of the three are missing. Uh, Grammatical accuracy, we make errors on a lot of things. The first error that we make on is subject verb agreement. We make errors with singular plural, we make errors with noun pronoun agreement. We are very redundant at times, for example, please reply back as soon as possible. You, re- you don't reply back, you reply, right? Before two years ago, that's not before and ago, technically, just use one, so avoid being too redundant. Um, most of the students, I don't know why, punctuations are a big, big problem, so please learn your commas, learn your period very well capital letters don't use capital letters as and when you won't use them whenever they're required a capital letter is always up to a period in case of a proper noun and when it's a capital I apart from that you're not supposed to use any capital letters anywhere. again I'll show you what complex structures are and uh, let's see what a band-aid requires for grammar it uses a wide range of structures so again you have Simple, compound, complex. You have your passive voice. That is a wide range of structures. The majority of the statements are error-free. There is no s where it's not required. There is an s where it's required. So a single approval. There are very rare, occasional errors and in uh, you know inappropriate things. So now let's see what like what will you do if you get a six band? Like what makes you get a six band rather? Uses a mix of simple and complex forms, so I think avoid it. Rather use more of complex structures. Make errors in grammar and punctuation, but they reduce communication. So obviously, I don't want you to make errors with punctuation. Again, use a comma where the comma is required. Use the period where the period is required. Please be very careful with this. Um, what happens when it comes to grammar errors? We take major things very seriously. Like for example, some. Uh, sentence structures are taken extremely seriously and we never make errors with it but uh, when it comes to small small things like for example there's a full stop and there's a comma and there's capital letters and the spellings then there is a singular plural we tend to make a lot of errors with it so please avoid these small errors which we all can one a very good way that I always hammer my students with is write each paragraph and check each paragraph to not go for the whole thing so when you're writing each paragraph you're more uh, when you check three sentences you're more accurate in checking your own self and evaluating your own self oh um, i'll take you again back to the letter and explain you how the complex structures are utilized uh just for those who do not know what complex structures are complex structure are uh simple sentence is when you have one independent idea Compound is when you have two complexes. When you have three, uh, two or more independent ideas linked with a dependent idea. So <clears throat> let's see the wide range of structures that have been used. Um, if you go to see the first statement itself, is in a very nice tone. It's, it's a it's a nice uh, sentence which has been made. Uh, the second statement is again having two ideas describing a time. For example, just yesterday. I received a letter from your bank head office. The comma is where is it, where it should be. The first sentence does not require a comma, so there's absolutely no comma. Again, we have a complex sentence. However, when the envelope arrived in my main box, it was in tattered state. However is my linker. When the envelope arrived in the main box is the time when it happened, and it was in the tattered state again. There are two ideas which are linked. Again, I have a complex statement. More importantly, the debit card, which was supposed to be included, was missing. Again, there is a proper comma where it is required to be, even in the next statement. Um, The last paragraph again demonstrates the use of complex statement. After it has been canceled, please arrange to send me a new one as I need to travel overseas next week and you will carry the new bank card with me. Again, go through the letter and see how well the sentences are framed. Absolutely no errors in anything. The tone is consistent. The vocab is where it's supposed to be. There are no spelling errors. Again, spelling errors are things that uh, a lot of people make. They're the most common errors because there are... Uh, what happens is these days, we're actually used to typing letters. You know, We're not used to writing it. And the ITS exam is your paper-based exam. You Technically, write a letter with a pencil or, uh, pencil or pen. So we tend to deviate from the spellings. We get confused with it. So please, please make sure that your spellings are in place. Um, please go to the letter, checking all the four band descriptors, checking task accomplishment, checking your uh, coherence and cohesiveness, checking the synchronization, checking the grammatical accuracy, grammatical range, and the vocab which has been used. Okay. I'll again revise this uh, this structure for you because I really want you to get drilled on with the structure. So the first thing you start with a greeting that is dear sir or madam. This is in case of a formal letter. In case of a semi-formal letter, you start with Mrs. Smith, Mrs. Brown. In case of an informal letter, you, you have connection on a first name basis. The first letter is the purpose of the letter. The second letter is the explanation that you're expressing your concern in this case. The third paragraph, the third body paragraph is always the instruction of what you're supposed to do, how you're supposed to go for it. Then you sign off, you write your closure, write your name. Please write your name. No, spe- no signings, no short forms. nothing. Write your proper name. So this is the oral structure which is again constant in all the three uh things instead for yours faithfully is for formal again Yours sincerely is for semi-formal and regards and best wishes is for informal right we'll go on to the do's and don'ts okay use a proper opening and closing i repeated what you're supposed to do again opening and closing play a very important role for using a proper opening and closing you should obviously understand what kind of a letter it is whether it's a Formal letter with it's an informal letter or a semi-formal letter Structure is the same thing, but yes for the opening and closing it is very important that you know what it is uh, the second point is ensure that you use the word limit now what happens is you have to use at least 150 words when writing a letter sometimes we forget the count and Sometimes we're in lack of words, we're in lack of ideas, we're in lack of statements, and generally, uh, you know, you don't fulfill uh, the minimum word criteria. I don't want that to happen. Please ensure that you write 150 words. You'll be negatively marked on, you know, uh, task achievement if you don't do so. Identify the main purpose. Again, we're coming back to the word purpose. Purpose is again important because the examiner should know. That you have understood the question and you're answering the question as it is include all the three bullet points in every question. This particular format is going to remain the same. You will be having why whom are you writing the letter to and you'll be having three bullet points Why you writing this letter. So all the three bullet points have to be explained a lot of times um, when we read we understand the purpose of the letter we generally Understand what i you writing this letter for and then, you know, you just keep on writing according to how you feel it should be framed, but the framework is already given it's made easy for you. So it, please make sure that you include the three bullet points. Um, let's go to the tones of your essays. a lot of do's and a lot of don'ts. We we'll have just picked up a few main, which are very important, very relevant. Um, first thing, do not go out of focus. Now, see, there is this one thumb rule that I have for ILTS, any module. I I think it works. You know, once you understand this particular thumb rule, you're through your RITs. Answer only what is asked. With RITs, it is extremely important to understand what is the question and what are you supposed to do out of it. Let's say your next question was simply writing to a bank manager because I had a missing debit card had I misinterpreted the question or had I gone out of the focus, like, for example, a lot of people, uh, I read this one particular letter of the same subject and where the student had written, the service of your bank is very slow, people don't reply properly, people are very obnoxious, so don't do that. You're not supposed to go out of focus, you're supposed to stay in points. So the best thing to stay in points is follow those three bullet points. Take one bullet point, explain it. Take the second one, explain it. Take the third one, explain it, and you sort it. So ultimately, if you... This is the thumb rule. Just imprinted it. Get it imprinted wherever you want. Answer what is asked. Answer only what is asked. These do not go out of focus. Again, when you go out of focus, you will lack in cohesion and coherence. You're going to lack with task achievement. So please make sure that, that doesn't happen. Use incorrect spellings. Uh, spelling errors are generally things that we tend to avoid, but it is a lack of writing with a pen and pencil that causes these errors. Because we're not using any words which are very difficult. So this generally does not tend to happen, but it's very common. For example, simple spellings like writing. Writing doesn't have a double T, writing has a single T, but most of us are like W-R-I-T-T-I-N-G. No, it's not T T I N G for faithfully, single L. There's no single L. There are a few words that we have to actually keep on repeating, whether sincerely with an E, there's faithfully with a double L, there's writing, then um, very common words actually we tend to make spelling errors, so please don't do that. Also, we make spelling errors because of our slang habits, and we get too carried away with it. So do not do that. Um, use incorrect lexical resource again. A um, lot of people to score good marks with lexical resource to get an eight and nine in lexical resource, what they do is they tend to really use big, big, heavy words, and they don't understand like when to use what. Like for example. To hesitate is a verb with an infinitive. Hesitation is a noun. A lot of people, you know, instead of a verb, use an uh, adjective instead of an adjective is a noun. I've given you this example also, for example, important and crucial. Most of the times you can use them for either of the cases, but then there are certain times. For example, it was, he was in a very crucial state. I cannot say he was in a very important state. The meaning of the sentences are changing. So make sure when you use the words, when you use heavy words, you know the meaning of it, you know how to utilize them, you know how to use them, and you're correctly using them. Knowing the word is not extremely important. Rather, I would say having a correct using, uh, usage of it is much more important. Also, do not make it extremely long. A lot of people have this habit. They tend to make the letters like go way beyond the upper limit. Now, see, understand one thing. You cannot technically be negative marked on an upper limit. There is a minimum mark, there is a negative mark of the lower limit, like say you're writing 130, 120 words. You're not achieving your task properly. That is not what you're supposed to do. You're supposed to write at least 150 words, but there is no upper limit for it, but ensure it's not too long. Now what happens when your uh, letter is too long, it goes out of focus for sure. Secondly, uh, you're not maintaining the tone properly. Thirdly, what happens is obviously we're going to make a lot of grammar errors. The longer you write, the more errors I can spot. Um, sometimes the spellings go higher. So a lot of, uh, you create a lot of mess with it. First, you lack on cohesion and cohesiveness then because the structure is not form or followed because of it. the synchronization is not done. Uh, do not spend more than 20 minutes. Please ensure time management. So I have this uh, rule for my students the first the very important prop when you go for your rts when you're actually preparing your IELTS, is the stopwatch in each of the component if you see be it listening be it reading be it writing or speaking the stopwatch plays a very important role everything has to be properly timed so please make use of the stopwatch and write only 20 minutes take only 20 minutes generally this time is enough so what i uh, ensure my students to do is for 20 minutes you divide it So the first five minutes read the letter underline what you're supposed to do understand the purpose think of words write all the words that you that come to your mind which you can use write all the collocations that come to your mind spend remaining 10 minutes drafting the letter because once you have uh, things in your mind it's easier to write it's just 150 words hardly a page so it, it doesn't take more than 10 minutes to write for sure remaining five minutes check the word count count your words and check your letter in least twice. um what happens when you check your letter is uh, the minor errors that are left for the examiners to check. You do it yourself, so that is what you're doing. Uh, the last bit is do not use any sort of abbreviation or symbols. Uh, please avoid any sort of abbreviations and symbols that is not needed. Do not you do not have a comma? You uh, I mean sorry you do not have an and you do not have an i dot e you do not have a Vs. Please, please elaborate it. You're not actually typing, you're not sending a message to your friend, you're writing a letter, you're drafting a letter. Keep that in mind. Um, I'm done with the whole thing about it. So I'll just tell you how do you prepare for a letter, how do you actually uh, go for it. So when you're actually preparing for the letter, the first thing that you do is you understand the layout of it. You understand how you're supposed to write it, the structure, the format of it. The second thing that is very important is understanding the band descriptors. I've explained you the four band descriptors in detail. Take care of it. Uh, Take care of minor errors that you make that you can avoid yourself. And understand the purpose and then write. Also read a lot of models. I think reading the model answers really work because they're perfect. They're actually written very carefully. Um, One thing here is I would like to tell, Please go to the authentic sites only. Do not read letters from anywhere because they may be genuine, they may not be genuine. Please refer authentic sites and authentic letters only. Um, This is all about it. Again, this is a paper-based test. Please make sure that your handwriting is very legible. You're writing with a pen or pencil. The examiner should be able to read each word correctly. So this happens because we're so much into technology that we it's been, uh, we've never written letters. So that we've not written since ages. So those who don't have a habit of writing, please ensure that your handwriting is readable. It is legible. The examiner can make sense out of it. Because do not torture the examiner. It's not correct. It's morally wrong. Right. Um, so I'm done with my presentation. I'm done with the tips and techniques and things that I have to give you. I'll be taking up the question answer session for a few minutes now uh In the question answer box, drop me whatever queries you'll have, drop me whatever things you'll have. In case you have any doubts, drop in that also. I don't mind explaining things again and again. So please, uh, I'll just see you in the question answer round now. Yeah, have no queries. Okay, Um, I'll answer a few FAQs for you in this case, till the time you'll think of questions. Uh, The first FAQ that uh, is given to me is, do you actually have to mention in the letter that whether this is a formal letter, informal letter, or semi-formal letter? Please, that's not needed. You just have to know whether it's a formal letter, semi-formal, informal letter, to decide on the structure, to decide on the tone, and to decide on the opening and closing. It is absolutely not needed for you to mention what kind of a letter it is. Anything else that you have? Okay, uh, abbreviations like don'ts. This is also, again, a very common question that has been asked to me. Uh, Can we use don't? See, when you're writing a formal letter, please do not use it, rather. No pun intended, do not use it. Uh, go for, like, a proper full form of it. Semi-formal and formal letter sometimes is okay, but I would definitely suggest avoid contradictions. Do not write contradictions of any source. Make sure that, you know, you're writing proper words. In this case, it will be proper. It will be organized. Your lexical resource looks good. Your complex... Statement structures are men- maintained in that particular scenario. No queries, as such, the presentation was clear. Um. Again, one more query I have is whether the structure has to be followed exactly the same or are we given negative points for the structure. Again, one thing, when you don't follow the structure, what really happens is you're actually missing out on the cohesion then. You're actually not accomplishing your task properly. So if you, go to, if you keep the band descriptors in hand when you're writing the letter, or when you're actually preparing for you'll actually realize that how important it is to maintain the structure. Otherwise, it's not going to make any sense. Like, just imagine that I'm writing it in one whole paragraph. Is it looking organized? No, it won't look organized. It's not going to look systematic either. So, please, please, please ensure that the structure is maintained. They don't negatively mark you. I mean, I can't say that I'm deducting one band because the student has not written the structure properly. No, it doesn't happen that way. But yes, then there's no cohesion ultimately. So, you're going to be scored negatively. So, please maintain the structure. Any questions? Okay. Uh, where can we refer the model answers? Okay, you can refer the model answers on the official sites, uh, on our tutorials, on uh, the British Council website, the IDP website. There are a number of sample tutorial, there number of sample answers. How they're assessed. Also, at the end of Cambridge books, the modules that are given to you for preparation, at the end of those books, also there are a lot of sample answers, there are a lot of model answers. In fact, you know what? Uh, there is this very nice technique. For example, let's say you're reading this letter, and uh, they will have a comment that this particular student has got a six. Analyze each detail of it. There'll be a lot of reasons also given why this particular student has got a six. So analyze each detail of it. Realize that okay. Why this particular student scored a 6 and what are the errors that particular student made that you should be avoiding. So uh, when you write it's more like uh, You know you avoid Your errors. So that is about it. The question that I have one is uh, Do they charge negative marking for spelling mistakes? Of course they do. Like it's not again as I said, it's not one bad if you have one spelling mistake you have one band minus, it's not like that. Uh, you're missing out on lexical resource then, are a lot of grammar errors. Let's go to the rubrics I'll show you. Um, let me go back. Okay. Um, see, if you go to the seeing lexical resource, for a seven band or a six band, make some errors in spelling and word formation. Uh, Again, word formation here is your collocation so please avoid any spelling mistakes. So, um, Nitesh, what you can do for avoiding spelling errors is your, uh, you can actually uh, remember few words which you often use. Try to memorize them. Try to write them 10 times and you know, you'll actually score very good marks. So don't uh, really worry about spellings. I think you're all going to make it when it comes to it because the words that you write when it comes to RTS are Very simple, they're not very complicated, they're not very complex. Any other queries in this case? Okay, uh, one query is uh, a very, uh, what happens when we write above 150 words? Are we negatively marked? Again, I had answered this. Um, you're not negatively marked, absolutely. For an upper limit, you're not. For a lower limit, you are. Because in that case, you're not accomplishing your task. For an upper limit, you're never negatively marked. But again, your cohesion is wrong, your synchronization wrong, this grammar errors make a mess out of it. Um, For writing tasks, I believe this one uh, thing really works, that however the more organized it is, the more systematic and the more... Formal it is, the more synchronized it is, it it looks better, I mean read a letter that is organized and read a letter that is a mess, there are haphazard statements, there are statements which are up and down, you will realize the difference yourself. So please, please synchronize the essay with with understanding the purpose of it. Okay, uh, there are no queries anymore, so I'll be actually ending up the webinar now. This webinar was for the letter writing for the GTM. You'll be scoring three bands out of it. Uh, one thing, please do not ignore it. You know, this is something that happens because we keep on writing letters. You know, we have the for a formal work, a lot of people actually don't prepare for it. Ultimately, this is a very scoring pattern. You cannot ignore either the red letter or your essay in your writing component. So please prepare prepare for it. When you're writing a letter, Sit with the judgment. Uh, sit with your assessment criteria. When you're reading the models, sit with the assessment criteria. It's very, very important. Read a lot of models. Practice at least one letter of each type before going to the exam. That really helps. See different question types. Analyze the question types. Even if, let's say, you know you you really don't have the time to practice or something, read the particular letter, understand the purpose, and then refer the model answer. You will actually realize what you're going to do. Follow the do's and don'ts effectively. Do not. Make a mess out of the or Do not create errors. So that these are the things that please be very careful. Um, this was for the webinar for today. And again, uh, I work. I'm with Vitlani, and I work for the Aussies Group. The next webinar is going to be again the writing task one, but that's going to be for the uh, academic module. We'll include graphs uh, there. So that is going to be on next Saturday. So oh, I hope you all have a very good day. I hope you all score very good marks in your letter writing. And I hope all your doubts were solved. In case of any queries, you can uh, you can also join the IELTS tutorials. There uh, In case of practice, you can go for our site and you can uh, practice a lot there. We have online practice training sessions. You can enroll yourself there. All the best. May you all get lovely scores. Have a very good day.